This week on the Pushable Legs Podcast, we talk about online trainers versus one-to-one trainers. Who's better? Who gets better results? Which is the greater trainer? And of course, we've got a protein bar review. Three, two, one. I think we've been one year in lockdown, Daniel. Oh my god! Hey guys, <laughs> welcome to the Push Four Legs podcast with myself, Damik, and me, Tom Hall. What's going on, Bob? That is depressing, isn't it? That is I so. It, I, I was just, I was just looking at my diary, and it's the sixteenth today. So this comes out on the seventeenth, and Third Space started paying me. Um, for furlough as of the 17th of March last year um, or whatever it was. So I believe that was when we shut the gyms. We shut a little bit early, but that's when it kicked off. So as of this show, it will come out on the 17th of March. One year ago, I was not loud in the gym. And this is bunker cast number 39. Obviously, we did two a week, so probably around about a year like yeah for a couple and then we skipped a few then we were allowed out of lockdown then we were back in and back in and in out in out did a bit of hokey cokey and then uh here we are now mate one it's just crazy it's just doesn't even you. i just can't even understand it was, uh, it was interesting as well because i was listening i only kind of i i i like twigged because um i listened to a i listened to a various podcast but one of them actually um, is in LA and they normally do it in a studio in uh, like five of them got like a proper it's NFL network. So they've got a proper setup, right? It's like mm. legit on film, everything headsets, bum, 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 bum. And then they had to quickly do one scantily together when they got locked down in each other's houses and like five different houses. And they played a bit of the audio that they did it on a Google hangout. I was like, this is NFL Network. They've got producers, things, people, yeah. editors. They Should have come to us. <laughs> <laughs> the, the audio quality was terrible. It was so basic. It was insane. that like, They're like, how could you, like, obviously our setups changed, like, year by year by year by year. And But I, I was like, I'm pretty sure our audio quality wasn't that bad. It was straight out. Because we, we use one of my, like, my client lent us some, like, road mics and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, you know what I'll do? Mm. We're going to do one at home. I'm going to contact somebody who's got lots of equipment. Uh, yeah. But it was really yeah. interesting. Well, one, like, of my, one, of my clients, uh, one of my clients is a sound engineer in, in the music yeah. industry. And he says that some episodes aren't up to scratch. And he says, I think he said it one, he said it once on an update. He said, he said, oh, you know, I've not been, I've not been like absolutely perfect with macros or s- something along those lines. And then said, I said, I'm sure you let it slide there. Cause you know, I let it slide when some of your podcasts aren't, you know, the great sound quality. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was something along those lines. And I was just like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I always it's say probably it's probably me as well. Because yeah, he does say as well. It's not me. It's usually you because of, yeah, I've got the Jabra. It, so it's all it's, like, it's all very good. It's usually if I'm not at home and I don't have my podcast on mic. It, that is wow. normally the case. I'm, I, there is every now and again. I've got to like probably over the like yeah the two hundred episodes we've done. I've used normally I have my blue snowball, and I will be going yeah. to an XLR from uh, Luke's giving me. Um, but then that's going to be crisp. But sometimes yeah, I would have used like what are these my yeah. piano from my headphones i've used some jabra wires I've i think used to be honest i think literally I think he the, was, I th- the mac one as well yeah i think i think to be honest he was just angling for for us to say here you can do it for us for free because <laughs> obviously he's not he's obviously not busy enough so i think maybe you can maybe we'll just send him the file for him to, to have a little look at look, oh, yeah. look at it and and help us I mean, um, <laughs> the, the, no. the point is we do it on the Tuesday night so it goes up by Wednesday morning normally because, <laughs> yeah you know, so oh no mate funny. he'll work all through the night for us don't worry about it sure he <laughs> if it bothers him that much I'm sure he would it's fine <laughs> yeah um, but yeah mate lovely one year in How I can't believe it's been a year I literally I, f- I feel sorry for the, some of the people that obviously like they entered lockdown like what two basically two years of their life like they would have had their birthday as soon as they were in lockdown and they're still going to be in lockdown <laughs> well I'm going to have two birthdays I'm going to I'm gonna have two lockdown yeah. birthdays <laughs> like it's do you know what though is it's i can't believe i've been writing home workouts for a fucking year i genuinely can't believe it how i've managed to do that i do not know um i just think everyone deserves a massive fucking pat on the back for getting through it like it's just been horrific and i think 
without being too cliche, I think everyone will come out of it a bit stronger. But I think everyone will come out of it, I think, appreciating a lot more, which is no no bad thing, I suppose. But it's it's been fucking hard, hasn't it? I think, for me, the peak difficulty was definitely about six to eight weeks ago. That was the peak for me. That third, third lockdown, about four weeks into homeschooling, I was just yeah, like, this... Yeah is horrific i think the first one actually wasn't that bad it was the summer it was all right you could it was a bit of an unknown second one was necessary and before christmas so who the fuck cares and then this one has just been this one yeah everybody's gone like this one's the worst just because it would, it's long and it was kind of like we're not really sure when we're coming out of it we're just going to make sure when we come i'm out just of glad it, that the vaccine program went all right yeah I mean, I remember when that started and they were like, oh, we're going to do well, how many million a week? I was like, you fucking are no way you're going to do that. And then they did. And I was like, fucking <laughs> hell, fair play. The yeah, first thing they said they would do <laughs> in a year that they've actually done. So, yeah, it's yeah. all right. And obviously they're all up in arms at the moment in the EU going, oh, why don't I do the AstraZeneca one? Jesus. Like, and then people are getting scared about the, the media of how they've been publishing it as well on the blood clot situation just in case anybody wants to get up with uh, i like looking at stats and figures and stuff like that so i quite read into them and then obviously there's those researchers going it's fine it's fine it's fine so they're, they're scared some people are scared that you're getting an impedance of blood clots that which has not been associated yet with the astrazeneca vaccine it's just because they have had blood clots since they've had the astrazeneca vaccine but bearing in mind over 17 million people in this country have had um, a AstraZeneca vaccine. 40 people have had blood clots. You know what is normal for that amount of people, how many blood clots they would have expected in that time frame over the last couple of months to have blood clots in that population? Over 200 they would have expected. (laughs) So the impedance rate is actually down. Um, (laughs) It just so happens. So they were like, yeah. And so basically, if you have the AstraZeneca... So they were like, you're... Like one in six hundred, like sixty thousand, like might die from COVID if you got it, and then if you just got the blood clot, it's like one in eight hundred and seventy-five thousand or something like that. And then if you don't have it, if you have the AstraZeneca vaccine, you won't get it. It's like that's not, not going to sell papers, though. <laughs> it's insane. They're like, oh, all these people have had an AstraZeneca vaccine, and then suddenly, eight weeks later, they've had a blood clot. It's like, yeah, but also they would have had it anyway, like. It doesn't matter. How healthy are they? What else are they doing? <laughs> How obese are they? You know, oh, I just find it odd. I just They're like deep. It's, it's stuff like deep vein thrombosis and stuff that's going to yeah. be stopping your thumb for the lungs and stuff like that. That's that's the issue of the blood clots. And but it was just like, has nobody written the the, the paper on actually going? Um, well, no. Like over two hundred people would have expected to die from blood clots anyway. So it's actually a better risk factor than we had previously. And they're not going to die from COVID. That's which way, which is way more deadly than blood clots. Insane media, media, Daniel. I know. Crazy, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, anyway, um, what we're going to talk about today? We've actually that we decided. Yeah, that's that's our general news today. Um, nothing else uh, has happened really. I don't think. I don't know in the media. I've, uh, to be honest, so. you probably you probably noticed I didn't really post on social media last week because uh, busy. Uh, we're into week four of filming the PT core. Don't quote me on the name because still don't know. I think uh, a lad, uh, Joe, did uh, give me a, a name, but I lulled it. Um, but yeah, we don't know the name. Reach out to us. Reach out, see what it was. Can't remember what the name was. Dan, have you got a name for our course that's going to take the world by storm? I thought it was going to be Core, and that was all that the working title, PTC Core. Or that's the working title, mate. Yeah. Uh, call it. Because um, everybody else's is called like advanced or stuff like that or elite or because I was like because obviously all the stuff that I'm teaching I take for granted um, and I'm just like this is just what we do but it's meant to have you like it's advanced from what it is from level three right that's the whole premise yeah. it's meant to keep you I in suppose. the industry it's like it's meant to be like from the level three this is all you need to know for the first two years of your career you'll be in the industry and you'll have a leg up and then you'll be able to specialize um yeah i don't think i think i think there's isn't there one that's like an s and c one like level four strength and conditioning level i know four, i've seen yeah, that one level, before there's a level four s and c yeah well le- level four is like all encompassing there is actually a level four advanced personal training but we can't call it levels 
we can't say it's level four qual okay. because we're not going to do that with uh, because we'll have to jump through some hoops in terms of. I would call it like PTC Jedi or something like that. Just, <laughs> just really go for it. Just do that. Do you know what I mean? Because we liked obviously the PT core because it was PTC again. Uh, but we can only we can only uh, we've already got PTC um, in. And no reason to steal this in time to put it all over their stuff, but it, which is position, technique, and coaching. Oh yeah, mm. it's how you set up a client. I was like, yeah, that was that was me, Luke, and Gordon on a brainstorming session. Um, basically, I, I have a few different acronyms that I use for people to set up anyway when I coach, and I was like, this, this, or this, or last, or whatever it was. Um, mm. I've done one before, and then I was like, oh yeah, we can make it fit the PTC. That'd be cool. And then it, it's really easy to write <laughs> and far easier to instruct. PTC. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, we're going to go through, it seemed to be a theme from our group um, who are PTs that are getting qualified because I'm sure PTs that are getting qualified or thinking about being qualified or whatever are going to stumble across this podcast. It'll be a nice little title for the show is online training versus one-to-one training is uh, I think the general theme of what we'll talk about and probably the options you do have within the one-to-one training as well because people don't really yeah. understand that um, and there are several different things you want or can do um, in terms of income and and just, just putting it by there completely biased myself and Dan have only really been in I don't know really one scenario with those uh, one-to-one mm. training um, so we know what one we would go for, but I guess we can talk from like a a pure gym model or a boutique model or a, what we we came from a commercial model really, but like a privileged commercial model mm. because obviously we're we're uh, no white white males, aren't we? So we were privileged. Um, that's that's what I mean by that. Now nothing always, else. yeah, always. Um, <laughs> yeah, mate. Oh, we got protein bars. Should we do that now? Protein bar review. What's that? You need to get a new jingle for that little thing. <laughs> I feel like you need to get a jingle. You need to sing. Clearly the talent. I've got some guitars oh. sitting right there. I should just go. Yeah, you should play or some ukulele. Guitars. I should bring bring that. I'll, I'll work a little bit of uh you can. That'd be good. Yeah, right? try that. Put that I'm in, not, yeah. Go I'm on. not gonna do it now, but yeah. Maybe by the next time I'll have a you. Mate, this protein bar's got thirty grams of protein in it, by the way. All right, okay. We haven't discussed what we're doing, Daniel. Jesus. All right, so and I just looked at it and I was just like, hang <laughs> on a minute. So we we've, we've got two bars, um, obviously from Protein Pick and Mix. Um, unfortunately, Nikki has not sent us any new ones. Dan... Oh, Nikki! <laughs> Dan's yawning all the way through this. Good, good. good. It's been a long day, mate. TV. Um, correct. Oh, which one so... about this one? We're gonna go this one. So we got these ones. Outright. This one. Outright. And then we got uh, this one. I've got go tasty peanut butter. You got go oh. tasty peanut butter. I have a go taste. I am tasty. Go sorry. I am nutrition. Tasty. Yeah, I am tasty white chocolate crispy. And then we've got outright gingerbread Ooh. peanut butter. What have you gone for? Gingerbread peanut butter. A bit oily. The packaging's a bit yeah, oily. Yeah, I could, I could feel it. I could feel it inside. It's sliding around. I've got to admit, good, is it? it? It's sliding around the package. Do you know what it looks a bit like? It looks like a bit like the texture of those bounce balls. Remember those Ooh. bounce balls? They I'm not good. a big fan of those, though. No, my, one of my clients used to religiously have them before my like training session all the time. It's good for me, isn't it, Tom? I was like... Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you can have anything sure. you like. <laughs> you can do what you like. Um, so should we go through the nutrition facts while Dan stuffs his face? Um, I like that. Instead of nutritional content, it says nutrition facts on the back. Uh, serving size, one bar, 60 grams. 290 calories. What we've got? Total fats, 15 grams. Don't care about what they are. Uh, carbs, 23 grams. Protein, 16 grams. Bit. I mean... I feel like the benchmark has to be 20 and then you start losing points, I feel, for a, now, uh, a protein bar. The, the protein intake in it is poor, yeah. but it's actually really nice. Is <laughs> <laughs> it? <laughs> yeah. Dad, right, Dad before this episode was like, oh, look at the white ones left. <laughs> oh, it's 290 calories. It's, yeah. It just tastes like good peanut butter in a, in a bar. Like, it tastes like, I don't know, like, it tastes like you've just put your spoon in a peanut butter jar and eaten it. Uh, it's a bit like, it's just nice. <laughs> like, but 
it's not a protein bar. <laughs> it's just a peanut butter bar that's got 16 grams of protein in it because peanuts have got protein in them. <laughs> like, that's literally just peanut butter. It is I'm just sorry. like peanut, it's like <laughs> eating peanut butter. Like, I don't understand. It has got a wisp of gingerbread in it. I can, I can, and it's just enough that. as well. It's really nice. Yeah, it's got graham crackers in it. That's got whey protein in it. What did you? I mean, I was, I was skeptical, but that is very good. Interesting. That. Did you say graham cracker? You know graham crackers. You know, like the, you know, the crispy crackers that you make with s'mores. Yeah, they're not called graham crackers. No, but they're like the same thing, though, aren't they? Like they've got a bit of cinnamon in them. They're also called graham crackers. Are they? It says graham crackers. I read it right. Graham crackers, aren't they? I mean, if you're American, Chloe, you're not American, but you're. You know, I'm pretty sure it's a graham cracker. I've li- didn't you? You we've both been to Camp America. It was a. I swear they're graham crackers. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing crunchy in it, but no, so I don't know where the where the cracker smooth. is. <laughs> So I don't know where it is. I just was reading the ingredients. Like it's like it's good though. I've not. I would. I would quite happily get a piece of toast and spread that. Dan's finished it. So I, yeah. I would buy them again. I would buy another <laughs> one. Like, but the problem with it is, it's just a fucking snack. It's not a protein yeah. bar. It's. It's. I mean, maybe it's I could right. justify it. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. All right. Um. You can go through. Really like that. Don't I have. Oh, we got different ones, haven't we? Um, I'm gonna have be the, the, same. Be the same. White chocolate crispy from I Am Tasty, fifty percent protein bar. The, Thirty grams of protein in them. That is impressive. That's the best I've ever seen in a bar. I'm gonna throw it out there. It's gonna be so hard to eat though because of it. <laughs> yeah, it's not oh, gonna be nice. This one. It's chewy. <laughs> <laughs> right, just for, just for context, guys. Right. This is a 60 gram bar, so it's the same as a carb killer bar. It's the same size and shape and everything. Only it's got 50% more protein than a carb killer. Everyone's <laughs> got 31 grams of protein. That's not bad, though. It's better than I thought it would be. It took a little bite, but I've had two of Right. On a scale of. Quest bars were the first of a protein bar <laughs> to protein to protein pantry. I knew you were going to say that. It's, on a scale it's of in the quest middle. To protein pantry. <laughs> it's in the middle. It's in the middle. I think um, I feel I feel like Dan. All uh, right, we're we're gonna have to do this as like a not a spoof episode, but we're gonna have to get. We'll do a little poll online and be like, what are the chewiest quest bars? And we're just gonna have to order that. Oh. <laughs> Hang on, really bad aftertaste though. Really bad aftertaste. You've got a oh. peanut butter crispy. It was going so well. Uh, mm. Oh, Mine. no, 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 no. There's something in that. No. Yeah, mine's all right. Mine's white chocolate crispy. And what we said previously, as we're getting pros at this, um, is that it, it's, it's got the texture. So the crispy is actually there. So it's, it's all right. Um, much like the, uh, I don't know, the Tesco one. But my one tastes like the Milky Way te- Tesco y one. What are they called? Oh, I can't remember now. Somebody will be screaming at the thing. Go Active Bars or something stupid. Or oh, like something like that. that. Yeah. They're always really good. And they're like, I used to buy all of them when they were like a quid each. Um, um, that was horrible. That that aftertaste and that was minging. But interesting. Yeah. That's what it looks it like. It was going so well as well. It was going so well. I mean, like I said, not too bad. They're no, they're, they're no Quest bars, but they're also no protein pantry bars. So, um, yeah. that's a winner. That one for me. You that you one. really like that one, don't you? I feel yeah. for my personal taste, I feel like the whatever the whatever the gingerbready. I don't I don't really like it mixed in with. There's two there's two two strong flavors there. And nah, it, the gingerbread works in that really well. I don't I don't think the gingerbread works for me. It's a little bit too pungent. I would prefer basically. Um, I would enjoy just a slab of peanut butter that's slightly dried up. Absolutely fine. Um, so the thing with the outright bars, the marketing is that the whole point of it, it says wholesome protein goodness, fresh, soft nut butter base with no sugar alcohols. So, you know, if you get really bad tummy from the protein bars because mm-hmm. of the sugar alcohols and the fiber, this doesn't have any in. So that is a good selling point, I have to say, because that is I like that. I like that. Nice. Outright. They've surprised me. They have surprised me. 
I mean, it is the same calories as a fucking chocolate bar, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it tastes not... like a peanut butter. Yeah, it's not too bad. But if you like peanut butter, here you go. Here you go. If you like peanut butter and you eat it out the jar and you usually have 800 calories in a serving, have this instead. <laughs> that's that's the compromise. That if you're looking at it for like... a protein bar, don't get it. But I would say their packaging looks a bit lame. Yeah, it's supposed to be Christmassy, isn't it, I think? Ah, uh, true. Yeah, I did buy these. It says, on the, it says on the back, outright merry, and I'm like, well, why? <laughs> it's definitely a Christmas one, but yeah, I'm, I'm, you might not be. That's probably why they got the gingerbread on it, right? The, the great thing about those is that they're not dry. They're t- you think it would be dry, but it's not. <laughs> just, just when you were like, it's very oily. <laughs> yeah. I've got it in my like, hands oh, now. Oh, like, oh, no. As soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, I'm going to keep the wrapper around it. <laughs> kind of get it away from that. Um, yeah, what are we giving them out of 10? Well, that one yeah. is a two. Two, two purely for the aftertaste. I'm Awful. gonna give it like a four to five. It was it was a four or five, but then the aftertaste killed this one. So if we're gonna go on your rating, I'd say that. Mm. The outright the outright for me on taste is eight and a half. Wow. For texture, it's on eight and a half. For macros, it's down at four and a half. So overall around That's the only seven, thing, yeah. We would have to like the I am tasty bar macros, thirty one yeah. grams of protein. I'm sorry, that's clawing back there. If your thing's about macros, you want to be macro man. Um, yeah, mate, grab mm. some of them. Thirty one grams. I mean, my hands that. are really oily now. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm pleasantly surprised by the outright. But I'm not going to lie to you. I can't. I can't hide <laughs> it. I can't hide my surprise. Um, I mean that that tasty one is never getting eaten. Never. <laughs> You're like, Laura, Laura, we've got a protein bar yeah. for you to try. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, outright lovely. bars. Outright bars. Just see what other, do. what other. Oh, okay. They've got a few different ones. Right. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. So they've got outright ones that look like normal bars. Okay. Was this a special edition then? It may have been a Christmas special edition. Jesus. These actually look. Oh my god, really nice. Yeah. I'm gonna read out some flavours here to you. So gingerbread peanut butter was a Christmas special, Tom. So there you go. Oatmeal raisin peanut butter. Okay. I White chocolate cranberry peanut butter. <laughs> they do oatmeal raisin almond butter. Oh, so they've got oh they do a s'mores peanut butter. So Ooh. basically they've got an all a butterscotch peanut butter. So basically they've got peanut butter almond butter bases. Yeah. And then you basically pick mochaccino white chocolate peanut butter. Sounds good. Wow. Again, they're tasty. They're nice. But they're not protein bars. They're just bars. They're bars, aren't they? But I have to say that they are a good surprise. <laughs> we They've got good reviews to, as well. Uh, Look online. Yeah. Amazon, good reviews. 4.6 average review out of 187 ratings. That's pretty good can't argue with that you know it's pretty good it's no uh push legs podcast with about 150 reviews and at least a 4.9 but you know it's all right we'll take sponsorship um mm. <laughs> although weirdly there's i've just noticed on one of the amazon reviews i read this and i was a bit weird I th- weirded out by it it says on here consuming this product can expose you to the chemicals including lead which is <laughs> slash R, known to the state of California to cause cancer and birth defects or other reproductive harm. Lead. Lead? Why the fuck's there lead in it? It can't be lead in it. That's what it says. Warning. Consuming this product can expose you to chemicals including lead. Where does it say that? Um, right under the, the nutrition facts thing. Oh, yeah. There you go. What's that all about? I take it back. I mean, if protein bar's got lead in it, I probably wouldn't eat it, to be honest. But... How strange. There must be something. There must be something they have to say in that because of an ingredient or something. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, where it's grown or something. I don't know. Like, fuck knows. But can I go <laughs> wash my hands now because they're covered in oil. 
You can go wash your hands. Yeah, I can uh, still talk to you. It'll still it'll still reach uh, in there. It's just I um. Doubt it, mate. No, 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 no. You might just end up piss pissing. Yeah, yeah. All right, mate. Of course I will. <laughs> I, I come here. I can still I can You're still hear you. I'm just cleaning my hands. Don't worry about it. Just, I just want me pissing. That's the sink. It's the water in the sink. <laughs> Don't I can see him on camera. It. The camera's followed him as well. He's got a really cool camera. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on, a, on a gimbal that follows that him That feels around. better. Um, but that feels that better. Feels Interesting. better. Interesting. I mean, he's probably <laughs> still. Um, yeah. Yeah. Downs- I mean, I, I have actually gone to the toilet mid-show before. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's got to be done sometimes, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's got to be done sometimes. All right. Um, yeah, I guess we'll go into our <laughs> content. Um, so, Daniel... One, oh, let's, let's yeah. just go for the hard-hitting question first. Um, online personal trainers versus one-to-one personal trainers. Who is better? Who wins in a fight? <laughs> um, I think... Oh, fucking hell. Good, good, good question. I get... Yeah, it's always... Who's better from, um, what, from what angle? From what angle? Correct. The consumer so or the... We're going to have to go from a variety of angles, right? So let's break down on terms of, in, in on terms, in terms of, um, I guess, parts of what we would consider stuff we would need to do PT. So let's start with um, results. That is probably the biggest thing. Um, I, can, I think we should we should categorize this as well by saying. We're talking about the good people in both industries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because there's shit all over the place with this. We're talking about good people, right? Yeah. Go on. Yeah. We're talking, we're talking about, yeah, best, best of. If you're going to aspire, mm. you should be able to be good yeah. at this shit or not as good at this shit. Okay. Yeah. So let's go, um, let's go weight loss results. Online, definitely. Online. I would, I would agree. So just in case anybody's tuning into the show for the first time, uh, Daniel is fully online. Tom, me, is fully in person. So we have our complete biases there. And we, um, and we both dabble in education and, and stuff. I do more lecturing, let's say that. And Dan does more mentoring. So you, you tend to talk to people on a one-to-one basis. I like to talk to masses, basically, mm-hmm. um, I think. Is how we do that, just in case anybody really wants to know what we do. Um, but which kind of goes into in terms of all right, who would be stronger um, nutritionally? One to one, usually online. Usually, online. I would yeah. Usually, um, online trainers tend to be nutrition coaches. Um, I I don't think I'm wrong in saying that. Um, they nope. tend to focus on nutrition more because they have more power over it. And if you want to go online, I would suggest you do the same because it is, like Dan said, the best kind of result-based stuff you can get. Okay, it's keeping the results kind of, that's nutrition was educational specialism. So let's keep the results. Um, Performance. Performance is going to cover like rehab, prehab, performing as a human being. Yeah. In person, probably. Yeah, reasons. Um, I think you can accelerate clients through programs quicker. You could, you know, when they're more advanced, when they're ready to progress, you can pick up things a lot more quickly. You could stop them getting bad habits quicker. Um, I think they pick up things quicker because you use the right cues because you're there. Um, I think also have a wider variety of of. I suppose equipment and ability to to think on the fly, whereas I don't necessarily. You kind of have to wait till in the week after you get check in or something like. You know what I mean? I think there's that. Um, yeah, I would say I would say that in person. Oh yeah, I'd concur. I think performance based goals and stuff like that should be. I I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one because there'll be people screaming down, and I know who you are, the powerlifting warriors, um, and I get you. Um, but we're talking probably good, normally 80%. No, we're talking 90%. random people coming in off the street. Random, we're talking about someone yeah. just starting their journey. General the powerlifters would do it anyway. Yeah, they're like, I get that. Because say like when I competed. It's the same with bodybuilders. You can say the same with bodybuilders yeah. though. And it's, it's, it's one of those where it's like, well, yeah, but they're, they're, 
they're, they're so like nailed on that they just sit there and wait for the leg press if it meant they had to wait an hour because it was in the program. Because yeah. then, do you know what I mean? Whereas, yeah, <laughs> I'll be like, do this, nah, nah, nah. Like, well, you don't get like 85% of what you want to do, and like, you could probably do something else in between. Um, yeah, yeah, so it's not gonna hurt you. Um, yeah, interesting. So, we said nutrition through there, okay, so training based knowledge kind of goes in hand in hand. So obviously mm. nutrition results was online. We're going to go training. Yeah, I, th- I think in person again, just because the amount of conversations you're going to have around it on yeah. a regular basis. I think, yeah, the uh, the aspects you're around the gym more, um, <laughs> even though some people are like, oh, I live in the gym, oh, I'm all the time. But the fact is you end up surrounding yourself with other coaches and trying things and being able to dabble and that kind of thing and that, that that does happen you don't do it as much online i can guarantee no um damn but yeah it spends more time in office than a gym um, yep sure um excel skills <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm taking that one all day long <laughs> yeah which um, but that does lead on to an important point that i said in uh, one of the things so um systems definitely online well i say yeah, yeah. i mean it has to be but yeah the good ones will say I, I would say, yeah, definitely online. And in, in, even from a good, good one-to-one PT, I would still say an online system um, tends to be just easier to follow. And it's just because it's kind of mapped out in front of you a little bit better. It seems to yeah. be people be able to do it a little bit better rather than the uh, one-to-one system because with that, people get in the way kind of thing. Um, you might have the best system of being able to try to follow your advice or whatever or try your client journey but the fact is that yeah emotions and stuff play far more apart and that kind of thing um, changing your mind so which is good in some way but yeah systems in place uh, programming I think for I think if we're talking about good so about good PTs, I'd still go with an in-person one. Yeah. But on the whole, I think I think a lot of PTs, even good PTs I've known, make it up on the spot. Oh yeah. And you could argue that they're good ones, so they can. An argument. <laughs> um, whereas with online, you kind of have to program because it's like you can't just like every week give someone yeah. their their plan. So. Um, do I think more? good PTs make it up on the spot than see I think it's every online advantage. coach would have a program every everyone should I think yeah should but but would it, they would have a program but is it an, a good program yeah, that's it yeah to the client's goals is it that kind of thing remember what we we did last week mate when I read out that thing they were like oh gym newbie I do lots of running and I've had a dodgy ankle once and I want to get faster yeah, his leg day, his push day, his pull day. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's the uh, the caveat we might live with. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, go with one. Go with in person, maybe. Hmm. That's interesting. That, that was that was good audio podcasting. Both of us t- took a sip at the same time. Both <laughs> took. Um, but yeah, I just think with it, I think with the whole thing, I get asked occasionally, like, "Oh, do I have to have done one to one? Do I have to have done in person and all this stuff?" and I think there's benefits to like both obviously of, of doing it or not doing it, not getting bad habits or, or whatever. But I genuinely believe that there's, if I, if I was going to map out the perfect roadmap for people, the perfect one for me, it would be, you would be employed in a gym. So you're a bit more secure. You know what you're doing, do loads of hours, do really well, get clients given to you and make loads of mistakes and, and you're cool. While doing that, you would then branch out to do online. You would start doing online stuff alongside it. You would set aside some time to do that. You would get to a point where you were busy with both. Then you would probably go, right, I'm going to maximize the online stuff, do that. Move out from being employed to go maybe to a rented space. In that rented space, make sure you rent, if you can rent, per like day you're there and do maybe two or three days a week rather than the whole week. Uh, train your clients then. Do the online stuff really, really well for the rest of the time. And then with the with your in-person stuff, you can then start only doing the hours you want to do. So you can stop waking up early, stop going to, you know, going late, all this sort of stuff. 
uh, and do the rest of your online work the rest of the time. And I think that model works for a lot of people very, very well until they're at a point where they're busy enough to go, right, I either don't want to do in person or I'm really happy with the, the balance I've got between the two. I think there's this huge rush to be online, which I get. Obviously, this year has kind of accelerated it a bit. But a lot of trainers are not built for online coaching for the very reason it's a desk job. They, they get into personal training because they're sick of doing a desk job and they don't understand that online coaching is a desk job. It's a flexible one and one that you can do in whatever room you want, or you can go to a coffee shop or you can take a laptop to a gym with you if you want and sit there and do it, but you're still doing laptop computer-based work for the majority of the time. Um, and I think that's why I always say to people, I think if you, if in a perfect world, I would do both for a while until you figure out, because you might start online, get up to 30 clients and go, actually, I don't love it and I don't want to carry on doing that. Whereas if you go fully online, you kind of like lose that, that element of, oh, what do I do now going back one-to-one because I've lost all my leads. I've lost all the reputation in that area that I had because that's what you need in, 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 in one-to-one. Um, which I think is then a bit harder to do. Um, I realise that's a bit of off on a tangent, but I think it's... Yeah, but I think that's, that's, that's completely valid. And then people were looking at us going, what are we both 10 to... You're probably about 30 years into your career, Dan. Um, but 10 to 15 years into our careers. Um, but I, I literally, that person, you, you've described both of our roots there and you went right. into online and you started going through it. But I was that person who, we did the podcast, we got a little bit more known and blah, blah, blah. I started dabbling just like you. I was just like, I'm going to start supplementing my one-to-one income by doing, I, I had a little management role. I did this. And I was like, I didn't really know. I wanted to supplement my income because I did, I was never concerned about my one-to-one clients. I always knew I was uh, like being brash, but I always know I'm going to have clients. I always know I'm going to pick up people. I always have a waiting mm-hmm. list. It's fine. Um, I'm good at what I do for that. But I was like, all right, well, I want to earn more money. So that's the way I want to do this. And I started doing online work. And I just, I like talking to the people. I like doing that bit. And like I write programs anyway, so that wasn't the issue. I just didn't like, mm. yeah, the check, like, all right, I've got to do the check-in. I've got to do this at that time. I've got to be on my computer. And I'm like, it's just, it just wasn't, I didn't get excited about it at all. And I was mm. like, this isn't, this isn't me. And then obviously I made the move to be like, actually, I much prefer talking in front of people and educating and like going that way. And then I went into education instead. So it's definitely a valid thing. Um, but it's just finding yeah. out what you want to do, which I could still say I'm an online educator, I guess. I definitely educate more online now than I ever have done. Um, yeah, but, had to. <laughs> yeah, I've had to. Yeah, I've had to. We can't meet in large groups anyway. Uh, so, uh, um, yeah, it's interesting how that goes as well. But both of us, from that standpoint, we both started in person. And what you said, so this is more of a discussion now. So there's, there's obviously, like we said, just doing that little mix and match there of like what's better for online. They're probably better at nutrition. They've probably got greater systems. They've probably got programs. They probably check in. Probably what I said as well. I think we're, we're, this is an all-encompassing thing as well now, so we can talk about the shit ones. I think as a whole, the um, the online coach will give more 27 value to their client than the in-person. And I think they will have better value for money and be, they hold them accountable more, probably get to maybe get to know them and get them better results that way than an in-person. I think the client like value is better. Do you agree? Yeah, definitely. I think that's the, that's the one thing you can, you can do hundred percent. Yeah. I think for, yeah, for the clientele, especially, but you always have to weigh up like, so the chances are down, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here, but nearly all of your clients either just want to either lose a bit of weight, gain a bit of weight, or kind of just stay healthy. There's no performance-based goals. There's probably not much rehab involved. There's not like any kind of, I need to be able to do this movement. I'm training for this, like a triathlon or an event or something like that. Very few, yeah. Very few. I think that's few and far between. Whereas you, the only thing we have, my... obviously, the only thing we have is like the photo shoots, which isn't really performance. Shoots, is correct. It? But, so yeah. that's 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 that. training to work for. But you'd say that still fits into the category of weight loss. Yeah, I would hope, unless they're going for a Mr. Blob competition. Um... Hey, it's a good competition. <laughs> leave leave me yes. alone. I'm doing it. <laughs> going for it. Whereas you you kind of you 
like skew into my clientele and it's probably more about injury management and performance-based stuff and prepping for competitions mm. or we're prepping for when i say competitions it could be just be like generic like triathlons and people just want to do that and for running and stuff like that but mm. it's generally to do like oh tom i snapped my achilles now i need to properly train for this or i need i want to get back to playing rugby and stuff like that that's generally how i go um it's not I, I do obviously weight management, all that kind of crap, but it's far my, that's just a side effect. It's not my focus. Whereas I think Dan, that would be your focus. And then the other thing would be like the side kind of thing. So it's primary yeah. and secondary goals. Right. Um, which is interesting, but yeah, you, you saw that from the one-to-one to online. It's like versus ver- like you can do either. You both, you can do both. Uh, it doesn't really matter. It's just decides what's best for you in terms of personalities as well. Because, yeah, some people are going to suck. But one of the questions we always do get, what was your answer? In, if in an ideal world, would you have someone like, would you, I don't know, would you rather them do online before one-to-one or one-to-one before online? One-to-one before online. I don't, yeah. I think it's, I think it's, I think it helps massively. It's not essential because as we've discussed before, like Mike never did any one-to-one. He went straight to online. But I think it's a very unique way of doing it. And I but think you have to I be very, I, very I, good at coaching. I mentioned him in uh, the Q&A and I was, I used him as an example that he never did one-to-one and he went straight into online. But knowing Mike as well and knowing what he talks about online and stuff, he also stays in his lane. He doesn't start he talking does. about... He does, like, yeah. um, he, he does, yeah. He does and also... Performance or anything like that, yeah. Yeah, and also as well, I think there's also the element of he he has a personality that he can share quite quickly online, yeah. um, and I think he he's very he's very relatable in that sense. Um, I don't think many people who would relate to Mike or like I don't think Mike would ever be the type of person to go into gym and get a PT. Do you know what I mean? So it's like that. Yeah, it's just that it, again. It's look, it's it's stereotyping a bit, but it's that sort of Jack the Lad who probably thinks he knows everything and doesn't really want to ask for help anyway. So he'd rather have an online coach. So he goes to the gym, looks like he knows what he's doing rather than ask for a PT's help. Do you know, that, yeah. I, I, that's just stereotyping a bit, but when he was a lot younger, that's probably who he attracted. But I think <laughs> that's probably who he was as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think with that, I think with that, I think it's, um, I think you learn so much through one-to-one. I think you learn so much about marketing yourself, about being professional, understanding how to actually train people, what they can do and require to i think if you don't train people one-to-one and you just hand someone a training plan you don't know at what intensity they're training how hard they can train how long they can train for whereas i remember i was quite shocked at how unfit people are in one-to-one sessions at how much it takes to actually get to the point where they feel sick i had one client and i was like what he's like i feel really sick i'm like we've not even started this is the warm-up and you're like, oh my, like, you know, like maybe holding a plank or some press ups or, and you're like, really? Like we've not even like started TRX rows, you know, stuff like that. Primer work, Tom, as you would call it. Um, and it's just uh, a no, bit we, like, we got, uh, a new, we got a new name now, Daniel. It's physical. Prep. Oh, have you? Okay. Physical prep. Sorry. Um, and it's one of those things where I think if I hadn't have done that, I would have messed up a few more times of online programming than I, than, than if I hadn't have done that. Um, yeah. And I think also you learn about how to speak to people. You learn about how they react to the words you say and you realize how important that can be. Because with online coaching, if you're saying something to someone and it's on video, you can't see their reaction. So you, but you can see their reaction when you're in person and you're saying things to people. So you learn quickly how to use tone of voice and what things you need to say, the right things, the wrong things, when to say it um, in person because you learn very, very quickly based on their feedback and body language, how they feel the rest of the session, whether they come back or not, you know, all these things. Um, Whereas online, you can't have that. You a client may leave and you don't know why, and you're going to be left wondering why. Uh, and even then, clients leave and they don't tell you the truth. So you just have to deal with that. Whereas I think it's a lot <laughs> yeah. easier to deal with the, the the one-to-one side of things and knowing whether it was you or not, because you'll get a sense of that. Whereas online, it's very, very difficult to know if it was you or not, because people will tell you it's not you, but then you find out it is about you. <laughs> and then you're like, shit, I did something wrong. Uh, but that's life. You can't, you know, not, you're not going to help everyone. You can't help everyone. Yeah. So don't try and help everyone. Um, but I think that's the thing with, with one-to-one is I think you're going to get that click a lot quicker with someone. So you're going to know straight away online, people stick around for a while and go, oh, I'm not really getting much out of it and, and then leave maybe. But so that's why I think is creating relationships quickly with one-to-one. You have to, because it just, you're seeing them more often. Um, yeah. which is why I think it's so important. I think it makes it a lot easier from, from there to do one-to-one. Um, 
sorry to do online than to do just just go straight online i think it takes a very very unique individual to go straight online i think so as well i thought i I feel like you're um it's just from a technical point of view um so in terms of coaching aspects um i have i've no i can't say this with absolute certainty but i would imagine most online coaches if say they were to myself and or one of my students for example uh, that i would teach at third space or something like that and they were doing they've done like six months of mentoring with me and they've been coaching in person yeah. against an online coach who's been just doing six months of online coaching i would guarantee almost to oh yeah put my house on it if I had um put dan's house on it that they would be able to coach a movement far more like effectively and efficiently than the online coach um yeah. just from time in the gym being able to coach that's probably the biggest problem as well and i count all people who've done degrees from this cannot coach their way out of a fucking paper bag and that is probably the one of the biggest things the think about what you're doing as a trainer as well you're trying to coach movement you're trying to coach them to do something you want your client to do something that you're telling them coaching is that that psychology and it's coaching science we literally had a module called coaching science and you yeah. it's how how you word things how you portray things it's how you do all the external internal cueing where you stand all this stuff just doesn't happen in on the online world so they wouldn't be able to your site is just as well as the one-to-one pt wouldn't be able to systemize and all that kind of stuff but it's also from that they are from the programming point of view is the big ones. And I've seen online coaches programs quite easy to find Google programs, bosh, bosh, bosh. They're there. Um, that's what most, or they just need dance. They sign up for a month of PT and then they change, change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, genuinely happens guys. Genuinely happens. Um, <laughs> so yeah, both of us have had that. It's just, it's a great idea. You're like, mm, I've, I recognize that spreadsheet. Uh, yeah. Interesting um but you'll you'll see gym flow as well and like how things pair together and what yeah, you said about that's the thing is is the biggest thing isn't it it's like all right well why is that person like it, it'll be simple things like all right dan i probably wouldn't program you like a lap pull down and pull-ups and then go into farmers carries and yeah. the online coach might be like, well, with are different muscle groups or they might be good muscle groups to work together. It's carry work and core work together. I'm like, yeah, but if you know in person, that person's grip is actually going to be butchered. Even though the different muscle yeah. groups they're working, the grip's going to be no bueno, right? They're not going to go well together. And then you start thinking about like sites of equipment and that kind of stuff. Is it feasible to do that next to that or paired with that or the intensity that's another big thing as well. I think obviously like Lyle McDonald kicks off about some of this on the researchers and they'll be like, I'm expected to do 80% 1RM back squats for sets of 12, five sets until maxing out all the way up. And you're like, that's what the research dictates that says we should be able to do. And you're like, well, nobody's ever doing that. Like that's no. it's, it's a big thing I can imagine with maybe getting some bodybuilding plans or powerlifting plans and be like, yeah, you see what you've written there? That takes about two hours. Um, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's yeah, general thing, um, which obviously comes through, or, or or it might be a lack of like programming. Like, I've seen like, it before right. where people, I've seen it before people they superset like leg extensions, hamstring curls, and you're like, like in a busy gym at seven pm. You reckon? Do you reckon? <laughs> yeah. Not gonna happen, mate. <laughs> Little things like that, it, it does. Like whenever I do like cable extensions for someone, I always try and do like two together on the thing. Yeah. So like if they're doing them, they kind of go from, for example, if they were to do an upper body session and they had cable rows and then they had biceps and triceps to finish, I would do triceps, then biceps, because I would do the push downs with the rope, for example, right? As an example, things like that are things that you don't learn unless you are an in-person PT because you're the one who has to fucking go between all the kit <laughs> so like <laughs> yeah. to get this stuff so you see realize that's really annoying so you realize that actually <laughs> these things work out well and you know it's funny when when you do that sort of stuff and again things like single arm movements single limb movements like so when you do when i do two upper body days over a week for example um I, on the first let's say the first upper body day i'll do like um vertical pull bilateral and then a vertical push unilateral and then on the other upper day i'll switch it and i'll do the i'll do the push uh, the ver- the vertical push 
um, bilateral and then do the other one unilateral. Because I know that doing unilateral, every single exercise, the whole session doubles the length of time it takes to do it. <laughs> like, and it's just that thing where I think people get lost in that and they get excited all this stuff and then they don't think about the logistics of it all um, and how it's all going to look and how it's all going to work and flow. And um, that's the one thing you get from being an in-person PT. And, and, and knowing what supersets work together and stuff like that. I, I, I always say to my clients, you can superset any of, the, any of these exercises that work because of your gym layout. Let me know which ones work and I'll let you know if it's good or not and based on muscle groups. Yeah. And it's kind of, there's that flexibility within the program to go, this is what I need to get done in the session. Tell me after this first week what the best order is going to be for you to do that in match them up and all that sort of stuff. Whereas some PTs would be like, no, you've got to do it in my order. I, I know that's my <laughs> order. It's like, finishing with a hundred walking lunges. Brilliant. Well done, mate. You're fucking good. Like, it's that sort of thing. Like it, it there's no, there's no hundred percent perfect way of doing it. And it requires that client input. And that's what online coaches suck at is I say, there's the exercise we need in there. This is how I would do it as optimal. If you can, how can you do it? Well, I prefer to do it this way. Do it that way. That's fine. Yeah. It's not gonna make a difference. Get it done basically. But a one-to-one PT would know that. I don't think an online coach would, would get it as quickly. Yeah, and they if if they do, then they might have done one to one before. I just think you don't you just don't learn. Yep. Um, you can't yeah, learn you it behind it a that, yeah. behind a laptop for sure. Unless you do the PT core, because uh, we teach mm. that shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> See, it's weird. Like to me, it's basic, <laughs> but I re- I realize that I do things naturally that I should probably share more because people don't people don't think like that. They think they've heard from us that they need to unilateral and bilateral, but they might not do it that way they may not think like that um yeah i just uh, and it's the same with like arm exercises a lot of people do unilateral stuff i'm like it takes twice as long mate why bother why waste people's time doing it i can just just do bilateral because arms it doesn't really make huge difference um you know it's things like that i think um again people do rollouts with barbells people do like barbells and rollouts doing oh yeah just do it in the middle of squat rack Mm. I think people might get a bit annoyed <laughs> um, with that. It's just, yeah. Did you see, uh, did you, there was, I don't know if I said it to you, um, there was like uh, a guy that was, was obviously like curling in the squat rack, right, is the uh, the big taboo, if you're listening to the show. Um, don't do that. But then there was, a, there was a guy that was obviously, he was curling in the rack and then uh, one lad decided, he was like, if you do that there, I'm going to go do this here. And he went over to the uh, preacher curl started uh squatting the easy bar <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, it's like i'm gonna use this as my squat right there <laughs> like good work it's nice um yeah so yeah it's all quite interesting it helps i think it will help a lot of people in terms of what they want to go into and what they quite deem experience um they need to get so especially if you're a new trainer i would just be like all right let's let's go and train fuckers like go and train people go train people for free Jesus Christ, don't be, obviously you have to pay bills, that kind of stuff. But if you get the knowledge and experience of starting to learn to just from the coaching aspect of it, I feel like that's invaluable. And you'll learn. Honestly, honestly as well, I think a lot of people would struggle with online coaching. The thing they struggle with is getting leads and stuff like that. It's a hell of a lot easier getting leads in person. So this is, online. This, is, this is what we were saying as well. It's like, all right, yeah, online, obviously the pool is bigger because everybody's online, but it's also incredibly diluted. Um, and the fact is that we we would urge, basically, myself and Luke, um, obviously, my, my well, myself and Dan went from a position where we were paid a small salary to be in the gym to cover hours. So that is the shift work we weren't allowed to PT on. But then we were also in a gym of 1,500 members and suddenly yep. we've got our client base ready to go, right? Because there's your there's your fifteen hundred followers, yeah, right? Exactly. It's you don't have to work for it. They're there. They're yeah, coming they're in. Already there, and they're going to be in front of you and seeing you all the time. So they suddenly that, and everything you do is content for them. Like being around them, talking to them, interacting with them. That is all content. That's how we put it. And then obviously that's that's that, we'd say um, this is how I put it. I was like we went in PT at the premium end of the market. So we got paid a salary to be there. And that's not always a luxury. Um, so you, there are other models, obviously, that um, the hours is free. And basically you do like t- maybe 10 to 15 hours free that you're in the gym. But then that maybe either comes off or voids your rent. Basically, you, then you can charge yeah. whatever you want to charge. Bearing in mind, me and Dan had to pay per session to train people. We got a cut per hour. 
and we didn't get the full hourly rate. A small cut. Um, <laughs> a small cut. Mine got larger over time. Had to fight for that as well. Um, so, yeah, you get a cut of whatever percentage it is. And then if you work it out on the rent, you're like, fuck. And be like, all right, but you wouldn't have had that like that leg up. You, I've never had to worry yeah. about a client in my life. I was like, I could be truthfully honest about that. I've never had to really worry. Yeah, the about thing that. is as well is like, if 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 you're if you're the type of person who's going to struggle to strike up a conversation with someone in the gym and get a one-to-one client from being in the gym and showing off your work in the gym, people watching, getting to know you, wanting to train with you, you're not going to be able to do it online. Like, if you can't do it in person, if you think you think that's hard, if you think that's hard. You, you do you know that's the thing i say to people is like that's like i think phil only said it is like if you you know it's like you you can't sit there on your phone in between clients yeah. like you're, you're literally like you're you're tweeting you're like tweeting and you're instagramming people who aren't in front of you to try and get clients and you have people walking past you all the time and you're ignoring them and it's so like it's so stupid it's just because like, like if you want to do online coaching and there's people who already want coaching in the gym Maybe yeah, they, they can still do, do it online after. They can yeah. still do it online. They don't have to do it like just because they're in the gym doesn't mean they can't be an online client. Like crazy, both me and you have had that, right? Where people literally train in the gym that we train people at, but they didn't want to do online. They didn't want to do it in person because they didn't need a complete hand holding. They just wanted to have a little chat every now and again. That's it. Yep. You're like, all right, but they want yep. their programs written for them. Like online coaching um but it's crazy. crazy so uh, the other models are like that so that'd be like the self-employed but you work i don't know if it's employed or self-employed i guess you're meant to pay rent but you can get, avoid it by like just paying rent or something it's a weird it's a weird yeah. concept isn't it you spend all this money to you qualified to earn a job to pay rent to another company so you can work there it's a strange concept um <laughs> i have to pay you to work here yeah okay that's been um <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, you can do that, or you can just go the full on like, I'm going to pay rent and try and get clients in this gym. I would say the shift based if from obviously the premium, if you can get paid for the shifts, crack on, do that, run and do it. You get to do classes, yeah. you get in front of people, do it. If you get the shift model that voids like gets away from basically means you don't have to pay rent and then you can work the other days like for whatever, do that. Like you're in the gym, you're meeting people. You probably then take classes on that. You're getting in front of people and whatever. Like ours was a small gym, 1,500 members. You don't have more than members than that. 3,000 probably on average. Um, and then you're going to be a commercial gym like that runs that kind of model. And do that. Try and go through that. And then I would say as bad as online is, it's the gyms that you, a private gym that only does personal training for a new personal trainer, fucking terrible idea. You don't have any clients. You're going to go to a private gym that has an incredibly small amount of people in front of you, not a vast amount who have an interest in training. Um, that's a ridiculous idea. And usually those private gyms only really do PT. So it's normally the PTs that are in there. You'd be like, oh, but they're always busy. Yeah, because they've probably done stuff elsewhere and then brought started happens, off employed. They bring yeah. their clients over. That's what how it works. Like those clients, they just they follow. It's amazing. They rely on referrals would, then after um, that. I would, I would pretty much guarantee if I moved from third space to a gym around the corner, I'd say 75% to nearly 100% of all my clients would just follow me over there and be like, all right, well, I'm going to go train at Tom over there. It's all right. Unless they really, they probably just keep their membership because they're paying that rate anyway. And they just go over there to PT. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a new PT. Don't do that model. <laughs> I would say not the private Don't. gym. And then you've already, then you're panicking about making rent. For that as well and you've also got rent for the, you know, probably your home so I think that's a, that's not a great way to start up. I would say try and supplement it with online start getting into the process of it but you're going to want to do that either the hours learning how a gym operates that kind of thing and try and go PT classes and all that kind of stuff as well and then you decide which model you want to go to um, and then you start doing online that would be our advice wonderful Daniel Okay. We'll leave it there, shall we? Easy as that. I mean, uh, yeah, I think we covered a lot of shit. Um, any other business? No, not from me. Not from you. No. Got last week of filming in the gym, and then then I won't be filming in the gym. <laughs> Still got a film though, so woo! All the work. <sighs> kind of want uh, the gym. Uh, I'm gonna get blasphemy, like absolute blasphemy for saying this. 
kind of wish the gyms were open like not until the end of April, so I could do some like more work. I wouldn't have to go to work. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we got like three weeks, three, four, four to five, four weeks, four weeks. I think it's four weeks. It was four weeks Monday. Yeah. Four weeks to a gym. Not that I'm counting. We got about 11, 12 days until golf course is open. So that's good. Great. <laughs> so I'll be happy. Um, yeah, no business from me, obviously. Uh, we'll try to get a guest on, I guess, um, in the next week or two. Either I'm going to reach out or Dan actually might talk to somebody for a change. You never know. Um, if you want right, me to, tell me who me. and I'll reach out to someone. <laughs> Isabel, Isabel's going to come on for the next show. Oh, um, she, we're going to get she'd health, away, she would. Health and fitness from a five-year-old. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's good, Vance. All right, mate. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, go re- leave a rating, that kind of stuff, obviously. Uh, rate us on Apple Podcasts. I don't think you can rate us on Spotify. Um, Do we have any new ones? I have no idea. Um, I, haven't looked. I didn't even check. We do check every now and again, and then we get annoyed. We do, don't we? Yeah, and I'm like, we do. Oh, we, we have to. In the uh, 146 ratings, is that up or? That's I, I think it is. Is it? So, so apparently wow, the that's uh, yeah, yeah, still the same. <laughs> There's definitely people that have listened uh, to the whole show because I could see you. I can see. I know where you live. I don't, I, I don't know where you live. I just know vaguely where you downloaded it. Um, <laughs> and they put it in. So we definitely have a hun- more than 146 listeners. So yeah, Daniel. That's good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> but if you haven't done that, pop it in there. Because, you know, me and Daniel, uh, we're basically, we just want to be loved. And that's about it. This is how we get our satisfaction. Um, in lockdown, yeah. it's the only way of doing it, isn't it? Exactly. We just need to know people love us. <laughs> yeah. All right, mate. Um, thanks for listening, and we will catch you. Catch you later. Thanks.